this place, honestly, I, I know I'm biased, but I've, I've worked a lot of other businesses. I've worked at other industries, other different positions, and I've never, one of the number one things people tell me is this place is so special that we've had people that it hasn't turned over people. We, we have that mentality that if you treat people right and you get them involved in the business and they feel like they have a stake in the business, then they're not going to want to leave because it's a good place to work for good people. So it really is just a, it's a special place. Hello and welcome to Girl Let's Talk About Food presented by You Can Do It, Do It, a podcast about people whose lives have been transformed by trying something new. Today we have Jamie from Angelo's Chivita Farnese in Providence, Rhode Island. My name is Jamie Atignano. I am the vice president of Angelo's Restaurant up on Atwell's Avenue. And that's Atwell's Avenue in Providence? Yes. Fantastic. Federal Hill. Yeah. And Mm. that's a pretty historic street it is our restaurant is 95 years old so it was founded in 1924 wow i i couldn't i could not <laughs> imagine having a business that's almost 100 years old that must the, the weight of that must be incredible it's crazy so i'm the fourth generation so it's been in our family for all 95 years so my i came on board a little more two years ago my dad and i made an agreement that when he was ready to step down, that I would work in corporate for a couple of years and then came back on board and I'm so excited to be here. So slowly and surely we've been changing the reins a little bit, but it's been it's been a blast. So I went to school at Bentley University in Boston, graduated, worked at TJX, the people who own like TJ Maxx and all that, for um, a couple of years doing finance. And then when my dad approached me, he was like, I think it's time. I was like, oh, finally. Wow. Uh, yeah. So contracts and all, we met in an Italian restaurant like midway through oh, just because we wanted it to be official. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. But um, we met, kind of discussed what my goals were and if I wanted to do it. So I had worked at the restaurant since I was like a toddler. We used to live above the restaurant. We used to walk down Atwell's Avenue when I was a little girl. I wanted to see if I still wanted to do it, what my goals were, if I really did want to be in this seven day a week restaurant industry coming from you know that five-day luxury work week in corporate (laughs) but it was it was the right move now what is the vice president role at a 95 year old restaurant I work seven days a week it's basically in the kitchen versus on the floor versus I do all the social media marketing so when I came on board my dad's wicked old school so no computers everything's still handwritten it's a miracle we have a pos system and it was it was really outdated and i had started working while i was in college doing some of the social media but then when i went to corporate and school i kind of let them do their own thing um so coming back it was really whole new website instagram facebook utilizing seo and doing everything online to that so i do all that i'm in the kitchen now most days just kind of collecting recipes, doing, making sure that it's run the proper way. And then I'm managing the floor. It's, it's a, it's a lot. And that's what I wanted to do too, though. I coming from a family restaurant, I wanted it to be that I knew every single position Mm -hmm. and I knew every single aspect so that if someone came up to me and asked me a question, I had that correct answer and was able to train and was able to do other things like that. So, and it gives you respect for the other roles too. Like you, it's if someone's like, Oh, I have this problem. You're like, okay, yeah, I get that. I've Mm -hmm. done some of that work. Exactly. A lot of the back of the house doesn't understand the front of the house and the front of the house doesn't understand the back of the house. So it's really great on a back of the house perspective, talking to line cooks and our kitchen manager saying, okay, the reason they did this this way in the front of the house is because of this. That's why we have to tweak it 
in the back of the house versus in the front of the house, they have no idea what's going on in the kitchen. So it's like, how can I kind of craft what you're thinking to see it as a back of the house mentality in terms of timing? So think about our restaurant. One of the basis of our mission statement is that it is a very affordable price and it's a family atmosphere. So we don't want to be that top of the line expensive place that's just not who we are those are all well and great but ours was young families working class come in have an affordable meal with your family and so for them timing's everything turnover is everything so how can I explain to the front of the house that we put things in a specific order in the POS system based on to make the kitchen more efficient so they can kind of see both roles yeah I never really thought about the interplay between front and back of the the business having that much of a disconnect you know like so I guess you can work for a long time in the front and never really get a good perspective on how the kitchen works. Yeah. And there's, and there's some employees that do. And I think those are most of our staff. We're very, very fortunate. Our, some of our day girls, our servers have been there for over 25 years. Wow. Our chef's been here for over 40 years. Wow. So that's why we've been so consistent. Um, so they, they understand it, but then you have, we, we employ a lot of JWU kids. We employ a lot of seasonal that they come in and they're like, oh, we've never worked in a restaurant before. How does this equal this? So then you kind of explain the intricacies of both. So we had JT from Troop mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was a great episode. Thanks. He, um, he was talking about a concept in their restaurant that they use called the pass mm-hmm. to where it kind of puts people who are able to live in both worlds, you know, at that intersection do you do that at angelos too so we have kind of our expo is kind of the similar most similar role to the past in listening to the episode so we have a very old piece of equipment called the steam table okay so the steam table is literally a metal it's hard to explain it's almost like you lift it up and it's all water underneath and it steams the food so the food's already cooked but it keeps it hot because our turnover is so quick and that person is it's a working station plating of the food but it's also the one communicating to the front so it's literally this this line of steam in the front of the kitchen and that person's right there because we have an open window communicating with everybody else so that would be the closest to that and then we have also our front of the house managers as well that's the liaison between both because right now we see about 150 so because we have a lounge as well at a time yeah Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Not like and in an evening. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's the capacity. Yeah. So, and we turn over at least at a night three to four, maybe five times. So it's, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Seven turnover. days a week? Seven days a week. Yes. Yeah. Our, our, obviously, in the city, our weekends are yeah. busier um, than our weekdays, but we have such loyal regulars since we've been there for so long that we're pretty steady. We're very fortunate with that. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's one of the things that you hear, you know, Angelo's is in one of the staple, it's one of the staple restaurants on the hill. And you even mm-hmm. say like Angelo's on the hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's like in, it's funny cause it's not the name of the restaurant, nope. but that's like how you say Angelo's in Rhode Island is like, you go to Angelo's on the hill. Mm-hmm. That's and true. Then, I literally did used to think yeah. that's the name of the restaurant. <laughs> well, it's, it's so funny because the full name, if you look at the front of the building, is mm. Angelo's Chavita Farnese, which mm. means the city of Farnese. So oh, Farnese yeah. is a little paese, a little city, 125 miles um, northwest of Rome. Mm. So it's central Italy. We're very central Italian peasant food, but no one knows that's the name of the restaurant because they're like, right. oh, it's, it's Angelo's up on the hill. It's Angelo's. Right, like, yep, right. that's the way we like it. But <laughs> it's funny. They'll see the name. They're like, what? what is this? So Chavita, this Farnese thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, well, don't worry you. about don't it. Angela's on the hill. Yeah, Angela's yeah. on the hill is fine. I think Pastiche was there 
around the same time you all opened and was um what's that pizza place caserta caserta's yeah they were they were a little bit after us yeah they were a little bit after um but both awesome places yeah and have is Angelo's really the longest standing restaurant now? So it's the oldest family-owned restaurant in Rhode Island. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're the vice president. Mm-hmm. You guys have like a pretty well-established structure then. I feel like most restaurants, they have like a founder and a head chef and things, but I don't usually hear roles like vice president. So the basis of my dad's the president right now. I'm the vice president. And then we have a VP of operations. And she's almost in that GM role, kind of umbrella over all of the operations of the restaurant. And then from there, we have our supervisors and managers, kitchen manager, and then tears down as a normal restaurant does. But yeah, it's a pretty well-oiled machine. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. One of the things you know that we sort of have learned over doing this podcast is like, if you're not going to charge high prices, mm-hmm. you have to make up for that in volume. Mm-hmm. Right. So hearing the fact that you you know can turn over the restaurant five or six times on a you know a night on a weekend is mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, 150 seats turning six times mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. Incalculable. No. <laughs> no. And- <laughs> can't be calculated it can't no. be calculated. i'm not gonna do math on the, <laughs> the podcast. limit does not exist <laughs> we, we have learned that me doing math on the podcast is not a good idea we have a basis for everything that comes out of the kitchen too because you think of that okay so that means the kitchen has to make everything within a certain time frame so we like our dishes from ticket time to when they're plated to be under six minutes so that has to be it's a very fast-paced kitchen This episode is sponsored by Leo LaBelle, who owns Dash Bicycle on Broadway in Providence, Rhode Island. Leo, we're so incredibly thankful to you for being a sponsor this month. Thank you. On that note, if you, dear listener, would like to become a sponsor just like Leo did, you can do so for as little as $50. You can learn more about different sponsorship options by visiting youcandoitdoit.com slash sponsor. The, the thing in my head is that there's always a pot of water boiling. Oh, always. What else is like always going in the kitchen? Fry later, the chicken parm. So so our number one seller is chicken parm by like a landslide. I have said that our chicken parm is just sad in this world. We were on Diners, Drivers, and Dives with Guy Fieri on the Food Network. Wait, really? Oh, I yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, in 2012. So oh he came to the restaurant and the couple dishes that he did were our meatball and french fries and then our brajol. So our meatball and french fries, why they're such a staple is back during the Great Depression, Angelo put french fries with the meatballs so that people would have a little extra starch if they didn't have enough money to get them through to their next next meal. Mm. That's the same reason why we have half orders of everything. So you come in, you can get a half order of a spaghetti or a half order of another dish so that in, during the Great Depression, if people didn't have a lot of money, they could do that. But he did our French fries, and our French fries are twice fried. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. So they're just, <laughs> they're so good. They're crispy, and they're soft on the inside. So our fry is always going. Chicken parm's always on. Veal parm. Yeah. So that that and the boiling boiling water, the pasta's ever flowing. Do you do your own bread, too? Is- so we get that locally. So Crugnali's. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Yep. We get ah. our bread from there. Everything that we do for 99% is local. So all of our chicken is local. Everything is sourced locally if we can't do it in-house. It's amazing to do on the volume that you have to do and the, the budget yeah. to still be able to source things. And I know. think, honestly, that's kudos to my dad, the relationships that he's built. For he's had it for thirty one years, um, his aunts before that, and and so on and so forth. But the relationships that he's built and that our chef has built for forty years, for thirty years, has really helped us stay to that competitive advantage. Um, just with okay, 
Cornelli's, we, we ordered wrong. We need 10 and extra bread. Can you bring it in the next half hour? And they'll, and they'll bring it over. And, and still, we have that small business mentality that if you support other local businesses, um, everyone has each other's back. So it's it's been really worthwhile in those relationships that we've maintained over the past 30, 40 years that have helped us stay competitive in pricing and really have a quality fresh, never frozen product. People are always shocked when I tell them even our chicken broth, we cook from scratch, like chicken bones, everything old fashioned Italian. We don't do anything that isn't your, what you would find in your grandmother's kitchen. So that's, it's been really, really interesting to talk to people who are just not used to that level of quality anymore. I was actually interested in that as well because as you're talking about volume and like the the time, like what, six minutes to get a meal out or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I was immediately thinking like, you know, not <laughs> not kitchen nightmares, but like a mm-hmm. like oh, a lot of our stuff is frozen. We make it the, a few days before, and nope. then we thought, but that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. every day you're just making new. Yeah, making new. You make your own pasta. Uh, no, Venda. Venda. Okay, Venda. yeah, Venda's another great. institution on that. Yeah, I yes. know Venda's awesome. Yeah. Venda, and then some other local as well. As, and that's the whole thing too. Is as much as you can support other businesses to help yourself too. I think is so important. Yes, you have to be competitive to a certain extent, but Providence being so small and Rhode Island being so small, I think the more you can be friendly and helping each other is, makes much so much more of a difference than trying to be competitive to to a negative point of view. Yeah, to exclusion of yeah. other businesses. I mean, we've definitely you know experienced in interviewing people the collaboration that goes on. Um, but a lot of these places that we've interviewed are much newer. Mm. And, you know, you might think that a place that's been around 95 years, they're kind of just like muscling out the competition yeah. or something. But <laughs> we <laughs> hate cool. everybody. Yeah, Angela's right. over everybody. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Angela's over everybody. That's yep. kind of got a little. It's going to be my new shirts, like the New England <laughs> over everybody shirts. Angela, Angela's on the hill. Angela's over everybody. Yeah. Well, there we uh, go. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. You guys are still <laughs> collaborating after all this time. So that's really awesome to hear that. It still kind of has, there's still that spirit in your business, but also just in Providence in general. It's not just a small, scrappy startup kind of business, like we'll help each other out because we're all trying to raise up, but a business that's been around as long as yours is also collaborating, which is really fun. To us, Federal Hill is still a neighborhood. Yeah. It's it's still everyone, you go under the Pignoli net when you come into Federal Hill and it welcomes you. That's that symbol of that Italian welcome that you're, it's getting a home-cooked meal and we'll take care of you. So I think we have that same kind of mentality that we're neighbors. We're, we don't want to ruin anybody else's day. We all want to be friendly and, and get the job done. So speaking of Federal Hill. Yeah, yeah. Neighborhood. <laughs> Oh, I'm ready. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm just going to give our listeners a little bit of a, a history in Providence, and uh, please feel free to give context and color where necessary. So Providence is a really interesting city. If you want to hear more about the crime history in Providence, which I totally recommend that you dive into, um, there's a podcast out called Crime Town. The first season is all about Providence and Providence's corrupt mayor. Um, oh, and Prince of Providence, Trinity Rap. Oh yes. my God, it was so good. Did but you see it? I saw it. Oh, yeah. I'm so jealous. It was extremely yeah. good. I'm I sorry. heard it was amazing. Sorry. It was terrible. Don't worry no. about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, yeah, there's been uh, Broadway, off-Broadway and Broadway productions yeah. about the city. But uh, anyway, so suffice it to say, um, Buddy Cianci was elected in Providence during a time uh, when when the mafia was, was big in the city. And then um, he went to prison and... Providence actually re-elected him as mayor of the city. And then he be, basically became organized crime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, Providence Shh, has like this, this <laughs> wonderful history with organized crime. But um, the 
interesting thing is Federal Hill is kind of the center of that. So having a restaurant that's 95 years old in that neighborhood, it, it seems like there there must be in as much as you can say. Some stories. <laughs> some stories. <laughs> we have lots of stories. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most interesting things that I found out, so my dad's aunts had it before he did. And one of the reasons we stayed out of everything is because they were women. So they were four women, so the guys didn't want to touch them. So it was rarely on a respect level. So I go back to saying, oh, my gosh, these four women during all of that crime were really the ones that were protecting it. Um, I mean, trust me, we have the stories in our um, office, right in the like main dining room. We have a little office on the side has bullet holes underneath where the phone was. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, we have we have all the stories. <laughs> but it was it was a different time then, and I do think that we we really stayed out of it because they are women, and that really was one of the reasons that it brought us past that because we didn't get involved, we weren't in that drama, we were just kind of the bystanders of watching everything that was going on. And I mean, you know, they, they'd come in the restaurant, they would have lunch, they'd meet people, but then they left. So it was, it was much different than when people think, at least our experience was, um, just because of who they were and who the owners were at the time. Because um, it was Angelo and then his four daughters that took it over. So at the time, no one was touching the women. So it was a blessing in disguise. They didn't like pull them into like uh, protection money or anything like that either, out of respect. No, out wow. of respect, nothing. And so that's really one of the reasons we say that the restaurant survived, especially in this location, for so long, was because even because my dad's only had it for thirty-one years. So that sixty, seventy years prior, that was just they just didn't touch them. Federal Hill has changed in a lot of ways as well in recent years, and it's less of a the Italian feel overall. What's been your perspective seeing that happen, and how do you think it affects the businesses that have been there the longest? So it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a great thing because it's becoming a melting pot, and there's a lot of different restaurants. We have an oyster bar now. We have Lucia's, the Mexican restaurant. Um, we have a lot of different places that are bringing a lot of different cultures and perspectives in, which is wonderful. I think something that we've seen is we're a family restaurant that we close at nine every night, no matter weekend, weekend, all the time. So we kind of stay out of what's now becoming that hookah lounge kind of scene. Yeah, like a nightlife kind of scene. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Which can be a good thing and a bad thing. It's bringing a lot of people to Federal Hill, but we've kind of stayed out of it just because we do close at nine. We're very family oriented. We have a train that runs around the restaurant, so family comes first. It's great that newer people are coming in. Sometimes I think it gets a bad rep based on things that have happened that the city's really trying to clean up. From our point of view, it's really at nine o'clock, nothing's happening. So it really, it really doesn't doesn't affect us too much. Yeah, it's still the same hill yeah. that it's been for you guys. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think too, it's, it may not be that exact old Italian feeling that you used to come on the hill and you'd see the old guys sitting on the bench drinking their coffee and it was, you really felt that Italian immigrant community. And that's, and that's cycled over the years. I think a lot of people have moved off of Federal Hill, newer families have moved on, which is still great. So really no complaints. I think the city has to do a little bit cleaning up on in the hill in some areas in Providence that I would love to see and get rid of some parking meters, but that's a, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, how, how has that affected you kind of as a small business and sort of the, the city policies, legislation sort of changes. Parking meters are definitely a part of it. I would say the parking meters would be the number one 
complaint we hear, um, not only as business owners, but as guests as well. I mean, if you're going to stop in for a $10 lunch, you're spending 25% of that on a parking meter for exactly. an hour. Yeah. And, and our average ticket is $13. Right. So really, it just doesn't make sense. Our saving grace is we do have a parking lot in the rear of the restaurant that we are so fortunate to have. But a lot of people who even don't know that or our parking lot is full who have to park on the street and then pay for parking and maybe don't get there at the exact second and get a $25 ticket is then, okay, I just spent $50 parking and then I had a $10 meal. How does that equate? Um, And I think you also, people that don't live in Providence hear the horror stories, oh, there's no parking, the traffic's horrendous. That kind of deter people from coming to the hill sometimes. So I would say that's my number one thing that's been a complaint. Um, they just banned plastic bags in Providence, so that's been an adjustment too. Yeah. So we had all we have all of our paper now, and that's been really great. So that affects takeout as well. Yes. Interesting. Yes. So right now we have if people bring in, um, we're advertising to bring in like re- they're your own reusable bags, and then we transferred over to all paper as well. Yeah, because we do a thirty percent of our business is takeout. One of the things when looking at your business, I looked at sort of the Google results, like mm-hmm. when the sort of busy periods are it looks like lunch is like slammed lunch is busy yeah we do we've always had a really steady lunch because again we're that work person restaurant but you come out of work and we have a really steady off of work crowd that comes in gets it because we're so quick too so even if you have an hour break you're still coming in for 20 minutes and leaving so it, it really fits into that busy lifestyle plus with the parking lot it's kind of easy. Are we going to Angela's for lunch like this I week? Think you I'm have definitely. To. We definitely are coming from downtown. It may be a little, Listen, little buddy. challenging. You know, Providence Make Park. It it's difficult. Parking, 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 parking guys. Yeah. You, I swear, <laughs> you can use the lot. We don't. You don't have to pay the meters. You know Although the lot, they got the scooters downtown. Oh, the we little scooter. Yeah, yeah. Scooter. the scooter. Not up. the bikes now, but we have the scooters. <laughs> yeah, the bikes disappeared. They the, took the bikes away. The bikes are in the river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's made sure of that. Yeah. She's like the bikes. <laughs> They're sleeping with the fishes. Uh, wow, that's. Uh, I didn't hear about the plastic bag thing. Yeah. yeah. So it just started October twenty second. Um, so now everything has to be in paper. You can't even use recyclable pa- plastic. It has to be paper and the whole bag has to be recyclable so even though some of the ones with the handles Mm. if the handles aren't 100 percent recyclable you can't use those either i mean that's got to be a a big change too when you're thinking about the operations of a business and like we know this is a wet food and if this (laughs) wet food happens to get into well that's a lot of a lot of our regulars were like we okay so we have this soup called pastina pastina is the I can't even tell you. It's Italian penicillin. If you are feeling sick, it will yep. cure you in an hour. <laughs> yeah. like, it's got the little stars in it, right? It, it, little balls, yeah. Oh, it's, but you oh. can make it with little stars, too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, either are. Yeah. Stars are great. Depending on how you feel. Yeah. When I was a, if you I, If you want to be a star, we can make it with stars. <laughs> uh, when, maybe, maybe it's because my mom cooked from a box. But what's the little the little uh, soup with the stars? Like I think, the, I think it's also pastina. Oh. I think it's just the little pastas. Right. Um, it might have been Chef Boyardee. Let's be honest. I wasn't allowed I, I to wasn't trying that. to say that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying to be nice. <laughs> but um, we do a huge pastina business, mm. and our soup comes in pints or quarts. So it's in a plastic quart, but if you put it in a paper bag, like there is that chance if if you dropped it or something right. or if it sp- like went over in your car, it is sealed. But in the plastic bags, it kind of was that proof of if it fell over in your car, it would still be okay. But that's actually been our number one 
issue from guests is they're bringing their own reusable bags for the pastine because oh they're like, we gosh. can't have this spill. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this would be a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that's that's been thinking about that in the operations because everything's sauced. Everything's there's a lot of broths. So thinking about how in that and paper, how does that mix? Um, really came into play. I love how your guests are so like dedicated to getting <laughs> yes. particular foods that they're just like, listen, I got to bring in this bag. So my <laughs> you have to understand there are people that come in because our servers have been there for so long. Don't need a menu. We know their order. Put it in the computer. They get like it's like a seamless it's process. Like they walk in the door and they're like scanned. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you're, you're exactly. Good. <laughs> we um we have these two guys that always come in. They sit on the bar on Sundays, and I was bartending for a little bit because we were short a bartender, and I got to know them really well. And by the second they walked in the door, I already had a Bloody Mary and a thing of coffee on their table. Oh my gosh! And oh. even even to this day, we have some regulars that sit in the same seats every day or mm-hmm. every other day. So we already have their setup waiting for them. Wow. So it's just it's it's crazy. It's wild. It's like uh, showing up for class and always being in the same spot. You're just mm-hmm. like, that's my seat. That's yeah. my seat over there. We have also these other regulars that come in on Fridays. They have this one booth that they always sit in. And last week and this week, they were we were just so busy right off the bat that they couldn't sit there. The whole feng shui of the restaurant was off. We were like, oh, my gosh, you're not in your seat. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Right. So... Yeah. Heaven forbid they order something different that time too. Then oh, it would just be like the day they tried a new dessert, I just almost fell off my chair. It's like I don't. <laughs> you're not getting your spumoni. No, yeah. they wanted gelato, so that's what oh, it was. Yeah. Are we going though? <laughs> I think the answer is yes. I've, I've only, I've, I've only, full disclosure, been to Angelo's once, but I did have the chicken parm, and it did taste just like the chicken parm my grandfather used to make. Well, my grandfather's you. Italian. No, oh, okay. So it was yeah, Long Island Italian immigrated from Queens. But uh, yeah, it was like, okay, this chick, this chicken parm tastes like chicken parm. Mm-hmm. Like there's only and I, like, you can have chicken parm at a bunch of different places. There's a there's like a a way. Yeah, there's a science. It's yeah, an there, art. There's something something to it the way that it's supposed to taste mm-hmm. that nothing else tasted like. It, it tastes parm. like home. It's it's. Yeah. I always tell people that come in and we. One of the things when I first came on board is I wanted to do comment cards because I think that we had so many customers that knew the restaurant so well and they have a voice too. So how can we incorporate that and and see what their what their feedback is? Do they want new specials? Because our menu has been pretty core nineteen twenty four recipes. What kind of specials do they want? Do they want more variety? Do they want more we were just in vegan restaurant week. Do they want more vegan options, vegetarian options? It's been really interesting to hear what they've said, but one of the thing is that it it tastes like grandma's house. It tastes like you're going to Sunday dinner and it's a family cooked meal. I we introduced we recently introduced a new soup. I actually lived in Florence for six months when I was in school studying abroad and I had this soup called Ribolita. And what Ribolita is, it's part of Cucina Pavera, which is like the poor man's cooking. And it's really a Tuscan hearty soup. It's all vegetables with stale bread. It's like anything you could find in the kitchen. And we started it a couple weeks ago. It's every Thursday. And a guy came in and was like, I have to tell you, I think my grandmother's in the kitchen. And I was like, she's not. And he was like, I swear, I swear she's back there. No, no. Like yelling. Like she, he was like, I know she's back there. So it's, it's really great to hear those compliments because we do put a lot of heart and soul into our food. Everything is from scratch. And our chef who is been his name's joe he's known me since i was born he puts his heart and soul into this restaurant and he started when he was 18 at angelo's as a prep cook and then grew up and this has been his only he's only worked here so he he lives and breathes this kitchen and it's 
the food's incredible. That a little bit answers a question I had of like how a restaurant that's been around 95 years, it has these core recipes. Do you not innovate in terms of the food? Do you just innovate in like what you've been doing, social media, trying mm-hmm. to get the customers more involved, you know, uh, reach out. But like, it sounds like you actually do also try to update the core. Oh, uh, we have spaghetti donuts. So like, this Excuse has been, me? this has been my creation. Really? <laughs> yes. Spaghetti donuts. So, oh, mine's blown. I know. So part of what I've tried to do when I've come on board is and we'll get to the spaghetti donuts. Hold yeah, on. Please, if you I, don't. I will. <laughs> so, I won't hear anything for the next 20 minutes. Like, what did you say? So I've tried to really look at new recipes with old style techniques and maybe just new ways of doing them. And then another part of that was utilizing our bar, utilizing old techniques. Have you ever had spaghetti pie? I don't think so. Okay. So when I was younger, my grandmother and my mother, if you had leftover spaghetti, would take spaghetti, sauce, little bit of cheese and put a couple eggs in to bind it and you bake it so just like in a pan so it comes out like a pie and you cut it and that's how you eat your leftover spaghetti so I basically did the same thing but put it in a a donut tin so that you bake them and they come out and they're donuts but it's spaghetti sauce and cheese and they're so good (laughs) and so we did them with like pink vodka sauce or we made them vegetarian sauce that everyone could try them and they they were they're really fun yeah so they kind of took off we were selling them in like pizza boxes and doing like a dozen half dozen for holidays and i could see that doing really well oh yeah yeah, it was crazy sounds amazing yeah but so another part of that was too that we had this Gorgeous bar. My dad renovated in 2006 and did this beautiful bar in the back, but he he didn't have a, a lot of knowledge about the bar. So there was never really cocktail lists or never anything like that. And I think more of the millennial generation, they look for those craft cocktails now and they look at that bar scene that they're going out to eat, but they're getting that glass of wine versus before, maybe not so much. So I brought on board seasonal cocktail lists. So we have our fall cocktail list that, you know, is your more apple fall flavors and then bringing in a different variety of wines too. So I think that added a different element because now, yeah, you get your classic chicken parm, but oh, I can have a s'mores martini with that. Like (laughs) that sounds phenomenal or a different like autumn sangria. So that brought another element and now we've built up our bar because of that so now we do have that that bar crowd at night and we do have um just like even our lunches with the bar because it's where you got to watch sports and things so that's where everybody is so that's really added a whole different dynamic uh to have that that kind of dual on you have the bar in the back that's kind of it's in a different room so it's kind of secluded but also have that family restaurant in the front as well i think it's an interesting dynamic too because people who like craft cocktails and go to bars and stuff they don't mind paying more Mm -hmm. i think in general so there's the people who come in there looking for like a delicious meal that's really affordable and then also if you're interested you could probably attract new customers to you that way yeah Yeah. and i think that's definitely what we found is a lot of again going back to those comment cards a lot of things that i've read is oh i'm so glad i i've always come here for the pastine but now you have this like insane craft cocktail with like we had an italian paloma in the summer which was like a a take on a paloma with um campari and and i love campari oh (laughs) come to the restaurant (laughs) um but but different things like that so it was oh i can i can get my favorite soup i can get my chicken parm but now i can have this awesome craft cocktail too i'm gonna bring my girlfriends now and now bringing that different crowd um, we also started doing things like paint nights, which girls would bring, like we, um, we have this almost middle room. You've been to the restaurant, but we have a 
kind of like a waiting room, but it hosts these two big tables. And so we did like a paint night there. And we've had a couple of them now. And now people are bringing in their girlfriends or their husbands and they're doing paint night and doing and having those drinks because now it's like, okay, you can incorporate your cocktails into that. And how do we play a spin on that too? Right, because you're probably not eating spaghetti donuts and painting. You're probably drinking wine and Mm -hmm. painting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey, we did have one with spaghetti donuts though. Oh my gosh. We did. Our first one we did um, spaghetti donuts was in the ticket. Great. Sorry. See? I'm just you're, lost in the you're spaghetti into it donut verse. See? Yeah. You're, thinking, you're thinking, how can I incorporate Rainbow Spangles into these? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have a thing about Rainbow Sprinkles. <laughs> I'm a child. It's okay. I, I, I love Rainbow Sprinkles. So, Talk to us about real desserts at the restaurant. You hinted at, at one of the desserts you do that on a menu, I'd probably recognize it, but hearing it, I didn't. Spumoni. Spumoni, yeah. Spumoni. So what's Spumoni? So Spumoni is an old-fashioned Italian dessert. It has cherry, vanilla, and pistachio gelato. It's almost kind of like cut like a piece of cake, but it's all ice cream, and it has pistachios and cherries in it, and then it's served with our house-made claret sauce, which is a mixture of burgundy and some other great things. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> yummy. And so it's poured right on top. Um, it's really old-fashioned. Um, it's one of our staples. It's so good. But then other than that, we have my mom actually bakes for the restaurant. She really? Yes. Nice. And then we also, one of our managers is a Wu pastry grad, and she does a lot of our desserts as well. So we've had tiramisu cheesecake. We've done pumpkin cheesecake. We do a lot of cheesecakes. White chocolate, amaretto cheesecake. We have gelato from Cold Fusion Gelato, which is from Rhode Island. So we just made house-made snickerdoodle cookies with cinnamon cassia gelato on the inside, which were phenomenal. And then everything from your old-fashioned staples. So we always have to have our tapioca and our chocolate pudding because those were originals. Same as like chocolate sundays for the kids and things like that we have a gluten-free strawberry shortcake to kind of appeal to that a different mix it's, it's all over the place and then our number one bestseller is mini cannolis so they're about this big about two inches filled so with you can eat like 40 of them oh so, yeah. yeah oh yeah i get like four on average <laughs> and then we make all the cannoli cream and everything in-house so nice. That's all. What do you put on the ends? Chocolate chips, shaved pistachios, chocolate sprinkles. Wow. Chocolate sprinkles. Yeah. You ever think chocolate about sprinkles. rainbow sprinkles? Just kidding. Hey, I, I can know. do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep rainbow sprinkles in the back. Just in the back. <laughs> well, it's funny. Some of our, our regulars are so particular, they bring their own olive oil because they have a certain blend that they like. So I can keep rainbow jimmies in the back, rainbow sprinkles in the back. For do you. they leave their olive oil oh, in yeah. the back? Oh, yeah. We have like a little thing that has your name on it. That's wild. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's yeah, really if cool. If you guys ever need to keep olive oil, or anything, <laughs> just like, if you're ever know. like, oh, I just don't, Jamie, I don't have space for no, olive oil. I, I have this re- special blend that I want to keep just, here. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh yeah. Do they just use it just for like bread and stuff, or do they put it bread like on their or their food or yeah, wow. whatever they so fancy? I think wow. I've learned something about Italian people, so I'm a little bit Italian. Okay. Italian on the side. Italian people don't like to change. No. Like, oh, they, they love like consistency. This, this is what I have. I like it. Do not mess with it. A blessing and a curse. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that is the number one challenge that I've faced. So obviously, I'm 25. I'm coming into a well-established business that our family has owned for 95 years. That has a consistent loyal customer base who tends to skew older coming into that with fresh ideas and a new outlook that is not the this is how we do it because this is how we've done it for 95 years has been a challenge and it's it's been wonderful but it's also been one of those things where spaghetti donuts at first was like 
what is she doing? Yeah. Like she's putting spaghetti and donut form. Like this is, <laughs> it was, it was not in the realm right. of kind of the thought. It, it just was, is not thought of like that, like totally different thing than what we're used to. Mm. And we've had customers that are really receptive of that, that have been, uh, we've been coming here for 40 years. Oh, these new chef specials have been phenomenal that mm. we needed a little change and a little, little variety. And we've had regulars that have been a little, oh, what's this new chef special? Why can't I have the old chef special? Like that have just been stuck in that way for 40, 50 years. I think one of my biggest challenges is how do you kind of be in the middle of that? How do I skirt the line of staying true? And and I do. I never want to change the restaurant from what the core is. But how do you do that while attracting new, younger clientele or just new clientele in general so that the business can keep growing and developing? So I think that's that's been one of the biggest things looking at like the cocktail menu fit perfectly because that kind of applies to everybody. It can apply to a newer demographic. It can apply to our old regulars. Um, it's in everybody. So things like that are where I got to find those those niches to kind of fit things into the puzzle to make it keep going and keep adapting more than anything else. Yeah, and the, and the spaghetti donut, I mean, you have kind of a story with it mm-hmm. that still fits in with like family mm-hmm. and history and like how you make food. And it's just like, it's, you know, it's this thing like that we've always done. I did when I was a kid, but it's just in a different form. Yeah, You know, exactly. so like you can, you have to kind of relate it to. Yeah, it has to, it has to come back to the original right. for, for most things that we're doing. And, and again, not saying that we won't try that really out there sure. thing, but then it's, it's listening to, okay, how are our customers responding to this? Mm. Do we gain customers from this? Do we make customers upset because of this? It's really funny when I told everybody that I was coming on here that my dad's like, well, what's a podcast? Like, <laughs> like what is, what is this thing? And I'm like, don't worry. It's going to be like great. a radio show. Yeah. Right, right. So it, it's things that, you know, you don't think of in that old fashioned mentality or just wasn't existing back then that you have to kind of bring into new light and, and make it fit. And we look at, so like I'll be on the road show later this month. And we, those were things that, um, that was the norm and, you know, radio ads and and things like that where this is talking about the business and showing how special our business is to people who really want to listen about it and that it's really not an advertisement it's just sharing the stories that we've had for 95 years and how this place honestly I I know I'm biased but I've I've worked a lot of other businesses I've worked at other industries other different positions and I've never one of the number one things people tell me is this place is so special that we've had people that it hasn't turned over people we we have that mentality that if you treat people right and you get them involved in the business and they feel like they have stake in the business then they're not going to want to leave because it's a good place to work for good people so it really is just a it's a special place and they say especially with small businesses that your business is a reflection of you and so it's really interesting, you know, to see, you know, how much respect you have for your family and you run a family restaurant. There's there's an element of that, like to run a good family restaurant, you kind of need to have a good family. Yeah. And you I know? think <laughs> you have to care about people at the bottom end of the day. It, the hospitality industry is a people business to the core. And that's not only guests, that's in your employees. That's We call them the Angelos family because they are. Uh, right before I came here, I was interviewing someone and they, they were from JRU. So I called over one of our servers were from JRU and her and I were joking around. He was like, God, you're like sisters. I'm like, yeah, we're a family here. <laughs> like it, it's, it's a, 
it sounds cliche, but we really have developed this culture of we're a family, we take care of each other, where we want this business to survive for the next five years to 100 and many more after that. So it, everyone has that same goal. Like my dad says, he, he's down to working only a couple of days a week and loving his semi-retired, still being <laughs> called president point of view. And, <laughs> but um, but he he's really shown me just how special the business is and from him I don't want him going anywhere I want him to be there for the next five years I want him to be there after that because having someone that knows the business so well as a mentor and just being able to pass ideas back and forth has been such a blessing um it's definitely challenged our relationship at times but I think it's made it so much stronger um my mom gets jealous now that we spend so much time together (laughs) but but, um it's probably a good problem to have it is it is but uh he he uh is one of the most incredible businessmen that I've ever known. And I really have a lot of respect for what he's built and then the family traditions that we've kept going for so long because it's not easy. It's a seven-day-a-week job that he knows now – he still does too, but I stay awake at night with a pad next to my bed thinking of, okay, this is the other thing I have to do. I got to write this down so I don't forget and trying to play all of those roles and not forget everything and still know when – your prep cook's birthday is and and still kind of have that family mentality that's so important to us. How do you take downtime? I mean, you got seven days a week. Do you ever relax? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> this for me is relaxing. This, I, I was excited to come and do this because these are the things that I think you can talk about the business, but in less of a formalized kind of way. Like I, I'm used to being there all the time um so anytime that I can kind of step out is great but you know I have we have Sunday dinners we try to do with my family still so got to do our Italian Sunday dinners with the family and and see each other then my dad and I will try to escape some mornings and get breakfast it all really centers around food so yeah. <laughs> we just like makes we sense just, yeah <laughs> but it's as crazy as it sounds as much as the downtime that I have I want it to be dedicated to the business just because it is my baby. It is something that I want to see five years down the line. We'd be here for a hundred, but then let's open up a second location. Let's look at other options that, that we can create. Do we do somewhere that's just a to go place and, and have a hybrid of it? Do we do something that's a spinoff? I am a big fan of the bar. Can I do a spinoff and do like a prohibition style bar based on our 1924? Kind of looking at that, are there different opportunities that we have? And maybe not just in Providence, do we expand to other different places and look at the possibilities there? Because I think we've had some proof in the pudding. We are a 95 year business that we know what we're doing in terms of the operations and things like that. Can we replicate it? Can we go forward? So that'll be the next steps. That's really cool. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about Dinner of the Seven Fishes. Do you guys do that? We don't do it at the restaurant, (laughs) but we do it at our house. (laughs) And the reason we don't do it at our restaurant is we're actually closed Christmas Eve and Christmas because we want everyone to be with their family. That's great. So, oh, but it's it's big. (laughs) I, unfortunately, have the terrible... As my as my family calls it, disease of being allergic to shellfish, so <laughs> I <laughs> I cannot participate. But we we print out a menu, literally of just like oh my appetizer. Uh, and my dad and I do most of the cooking. My cousins do all the cooking. We change houses each year. I think this year we really want to do it at the restaurant one year because mm. our family just keeps growing with everyone having kids and everything. But um, everything from you know, your calamari to your things, alio alish, so you have the anchovies, and and it's 
It's wild. We oh yeah, we print menus. It's it gets intense. In, in our house, we're not familiar with that. What is it? So dinner of the seven mm-hmm. fishes is a it's a Christmas Eve tradition. Mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, where you eat seven different courses with usually at least they seven have have different kinds of fish. In fish. In mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like we it, che- our family cheated and did one where we put anchovies in the sauce for pizza and then uh, <laughs> it's okay and, uh, it's okay that's okay. <laughs> it's okay i won't tell anybody Chill out. Yeah, i forget I won't tell anybody except the people listening to this yeah. <laughs> yeah we kind of cheated there but a lot of italian restaurants will do it at their restaurants and have like a big feast and because it, it really is all this fish that you can imagine but we try to do any holiday that we think that you should be with your family we're closed so like thanksgiving we're closed christmas eve and christmas new year's day anything that we really feel like is family time we try to to keep in the family our our family's a my on my mom's side is an old italian family and we my grandfather every year would take us out to dinner mm-hmm. on thanksgiving mm-hmm. instead of like cooking just a different thing but we'd well you know he'd always bring us and they live in the long island okay so it'd be this like nice italian restaurant that no one could afford mm-hmm. but that's where we go every thanksgiving it's oh. like grandpa would just pay now, did you bill. like that did you like going out for thanksgiving you know it's interesting so i different you know obviously different families work different ways my parents were split up when i was younger um so my dad's side was a more traditional family thanksgiving they were that's the irish side and they would do um uh, my dad has like four or five siblings i've lost count at this point oh, okay but big <laughs> he keeps getting more big irish. i know they just keep adding yeah, yeah. Uh, adopting yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when your dentist dennis is in one year he's out yeah. <laughs> no but we usually go over there and i'd always get food poisoning because i'd eat too much oh. uh, <laughs> it's a type of food poisoning self-caused makes himself sick. sick yeah uh but i never got the food poisoning at the other the other going out to a restaurant so it's sort of a different vibe but (laughs) christmas um would always be like the fish dinner you know you cheat on two of them you'd have shrimp for Mm. for one oh lots of shrimp uh anchovies in the dressing for the caesar salad for mm-hmm. one i f- my, my family's like such fake, fake italians, <laughs> fake italians. <laughs> so do you you cook yourself as well mm-hmm. yeah do you consider I, yourself she cooks cook? food she doesn't cook herself that's no you, no you don't i don't cook, cook myself no. that oh, would be God, that'd be no. a little dangerous that's really yeah. <laughs> psa don't cook yourself <laughs> But yes, I not only at Angelo's, but I do spend quite. Oh, so you do some cooking at Angelo's? Oh, too. I'm on the line most nights oh. now. Oh, yeah. So I, you mentioned you were in the, in she the wants kitchen. She learned every part of the business. Oh, I, yeah. I've done everything now from when I tell you, I've literally done every position in the restaurant from dish to fry to grill to saute to prepping with the chef in the morning. It, I've awesome. pretty much have a lot under my belt. I still have a lot more to learn, don't get me wrong. But um, Saturday night and yesterday, I was on the fry line so i i was the one cooking the chicken parms yeah which is a lot of fun so the I best love chicken parm anyone's ever had or like best, um, <laughs> best chicken parm if you came to angelo's saturday, saturday or sunday you're welcome so, <laughs> <laughs> but this week i'm doing a lot of training on the line so tuesday wednesday thursday i'm gonna be on the line doing training and then friday and saturday i'll be back up in case we need it and just walking around and talking to guests which is the best part so oh yeah but i spend quite a lot of time my favorite part is actually prepping with the chef because it's you can talk about old stories and you you talk about just like the nostalgia of the restaurant so something about the restaurant is none of the recipes are written none none one of the reasons that i'm trying to get in the kitchen more is like oh my god i need to learn these yeah <laughs> because everything's in like his head Someone's and head, my yeah. dad's and they have all of the recipes just 
oh, how do you make this? Oh, okay, cut up this amount. And it's like this much sugar. Like they do a pinch and we're like, okay, that much salt, whatever. Yeah, well, your hand's bigger than mine. So yes. a pinch for well, you is different we than We always me. say that though. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's a handful of onions. I'm like, your handful is so different than my handful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Giant chef's yeah. <laughs> So it was funny for, we um, have shut down for two weeks every July. So it's a time for our employees to take vacation um, and to spend time with their families. And we do all maintenance for the restaurant. So this year I painted everything. I, my dad and I like washed all of the awnings and everything. We do any updates that we want to do, things like that, so we can really make sure that the restaurant is being maintained. Right after the chef came back and we had to just start making everything from scratch again that that day before we opened, and it was my favorite day because it was just watching how everything is made from scratch and, and the timing of everything and how he just knows everything about the kitchen. So it, it's really great. Yeah, you had mentioned something earlier about like recording recipes or something mm-hmm. like that. Now that makes sense because yep. you're just like, oh my God, oh, yes. I need to keep track of some of <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, so now I've started going yeah. in with him and weighing everything yeah, and making yeah. sure that we have at least something written just to, to make sure that if, if he was out one day or something happened that I at least know what I'm... What's a, what's a Joe pinch? Yeah, oh, right? that's actually, that's, that's four kilograms. Yeah, yeah. a Joe yeah. pinch yeah. is 3.5. Yeah. 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 Four kilos of salt. Yeah. Four kilos. <laughs> this is very, very yeah. salty. Food. <laughs> you got to make your water like the ocean. The yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Hey, you gotta you have to salt your water to boil it. Yeah. So buoyancy is important. Yeah. It is <laughs> dead well, sea that's water. The only time yeah. <laughs> that's the only time the the pasta will actually get salted. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. didn't know that. It's yep. through the cooking in yep. the water. No other seasoning. Mm-mm. Just the kilos. <laughs> so I'm like, am I? I mean, messed with no, right no, 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 really. Nobody's gaslighting. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. You salt the you salt the water because that salts the pasta. Mm-hmm. I've heard of salting the water. I didn't know that was the only thing you did. If, for the if pasta. you taste yeah. pasta in unsalted boiling water versus mm. salted, the difference it makes like it's basically inedible. Like it's, it's terrible. It's so bland. So it, it makes a huge difference. Goes to show how much I make pasta. I guess. Yeah. Never. We'll make we'll make <laughs> pasta sometime. Get the dough. Get some semolina. Rub it out. Cut your shapes. Stars. Stars. Uh, oh, you can do little stars. Little tiny pristine <laughs> stars. Oh my gosh. She's like, so- oh, little guy yeah. with your stars. Yeah. With Some your, people with do your stars in your soup. Yeah. A lot just- of people do that, Chef Boyer. D- yeah. uh, <laughs> alphabet soup. It's okay. When my mom makes Italian wedding soup for holidays, there's yeah. stars. Yeah. So it's good. I know that there's like little no, there star is. Shape pasta. There is. It Sorry. exists. It's just like children. Yeah. <laughs> Little babies. We'll get it for our kids. My daughter video. loves star-shaped pasta. <laughs> oh, that's oh man. I love it. Are there any questions we haven't asked you or things that you want to talk about that we didn't cover yet? I think one thing, just because it's really important to the restaurant, is I mentioned the train before. Mm-hmm. So there's a train that goes around the top of the restaurant. It's actually coin-operated. It's a quarter. But all of the quarters go to Children's Charities of Rhode Island. So my dad put it in in 94. We've raised over $30,000 wow. oh in quarters. Jeez. for the tra- for <laughs> Oh, yeah. Imagine. <laughs> it's a lot of quarters. A lot of quarters. <laughs> but, um... It's just something that I think is really special. We actually even have a director of like community affairs at the restaurant that we do a lot of community outreach for. We just did empty bowls um, for the food bank. Um, we do the Federal Hill House Association, and we're really involved with the community. So going back to what we talked about is it being a neighborhood. We believe that it still is, and we have to give back. So 
last month everything went to Gloria Gemma. This month it's going to um, Books on Wings. It gives books to Rhode Island kids who need it for school. Different things like that. I think it's just something special that we do that not a lot of other businesses do and it's a a cool way we do it. Um, A lot of people will bring their kids in to go see the train that goes on top of the restaurant. It's just something that it's been since I was a little girl that a lot of people will come in and not a lot of people know it goes to charity. So it's it's fun to kind of tell the story of oh no everything 100 percent goes back to our community and we make sure that it's going to the right places we have a lot of people write in that want to be it's in our giving program so a lot of people write in and then we hand select them to make sure that it's going to the right places that we have we focus on children and families that it's going to the right places so it's something that makes us special that's special for a little kid too i mean um I don't know, there's a place in new hampshire that does like a little train thing that I went to when I was a kid and my wife went to, and that, that stuff like sticks out to you, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm sure there's kids who went there when they were kids, when that was around and yep. they're like still, they're adults and they still remember. They're like, Oh my God, that's well, even and- better. Now they're bringing their kids. In. Right. And right, I think that's yeah. that nostalgic. The, the restaurant is, is, again that homey nostalgic feeling so if you have someone come in that they came with their grandparents and they saw the drain co above the restaurant and now they're bringing their kids in and it's that special moment of oh I did this when I was your age and oh let's do this together now and having that family experience because everything we talk about now is experience-based so having that that core family time and taking a minute out of our busy schedules to spend time on family and focus on family is really what the restaurant's about and having a train that goes above the restaurant has invoked so much nostalgia that it really is something that our restaurant's known for now so bring quarters when you're going to Angeles. bring quarters yeah. yeah not only for the meters <laughs> no. for the tips yeah. Yeah. So there's a big difference in being in business for one year from 95 years right you look at um, a few of the the folks that we've interviewed, right, like Troop, Hometown Poke, they've, you know, it's been a, a couple of years. I think Hometown just hit a year. Troop has, is a couple of years now. And the things that you can do in 95 years, the long-term benefit and presence you can have in a neighborhood is really amazing. You just hit 25. I did. Which is pretty cool. It is. Milestone. Yeah. <laughs> you can rent a car. You I can, know, right? <laughs> Thank God. I really need one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you've you've hit this kind of milestone in your life, and when you when you think about your legacy and the restaurant's legacy, what kinds of things bring you hope that you've seen in you know the past ninety five years that say, hey, the next what is it seventy years mm-hmm. to get to ninety five? Mm-hmm. Like, what lessons are you going to take from the restaurant and kind of bring into your own life? The number one thing goes back to family, yeah. so. The restaurant at its core is, you know, when you go out to eat and we sit at a table like this, is it's having a time that's spent with one another and you're you're connecting. Your phones are put away, you're on a different level. It's 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 time with your loved ones. And I think something that I wanna make sure that stays at the restaurant and then carries me through is that it's about people and it's about families and making sure that everyone that comes into your doors feels welcomed and feels like they can come and have a home-cooked meal that is made from love and made from tradition and nostalgia and, and things that have just been so cared for for 95 years that you come in and you feel like you're at grandma's house. You feel like your grandmother's in the kitchen and and you don't feel like you're just going to another restaurant. I think there's the market is so saturated right now with all of these other restaurants, which are great. But I think something that stands 
makes us different is that we do have these stories and we have this amazing history of going through the Great Depression to surviving even the recession and, and things like that. And how does that make us different? And I think it goes back to we care about people and we care about you as you and and we want everyone to be treated the same exact way and when you walk into our door as your family and that we'll give you a chicken parm and we'll joke about how you licked the plate when it was done and, and you have that <laughs> that experience of oh the next time I come in my server is probably going to know my name my server is probably going to know my meal you're walking in and, and it's not just another place where you can sit down and you don't feel like you're noticed it's we're going to come over and have a conversation with you and how's your week going how's your family how's the kids how are they back in Idaho like what whatever it is that I think what's going to carry me through is just keeping those traditions I think a lot of places and a lot of misconceptions with me being young is that I wanted to come in and change everything and that's the last thing I want to do I want to respect the traditions I put in place but okay let's see how we can evolve them a little bit not get rid of them by any means but how can we take that and build on it and make it that nostalgia that you feel and how can we hone in on that feeling of you sit in a booth and you feel like you're at home. But yeah, I, th I think it really just comes down to family. And I think throughout the next years of there becoming a fifth generation and me growing my family and us growing the business, I think I always want to stay true to those Italian core family roots that I grew up with and that strong family connection that I had and bring that forward to, okay, in that next location, I want that to have that same feel. I want our employees to feel like their family. We have Christmas coming up. We do Christmas at Angelo's. So we have a big Christmas party at the restaurant where Santa comes and we do crafts for the kids and we do local vendors selling products and try to feel, feel that community. So bringing that community in every step of the future, I think is so critical to having you come in and, and you feel like you're home. Now, what about for you personally? For me personally, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think of myself, I, I'm trying to work on self-care because I think I, I think of myself last when it comes to the restaurant now. I think I put all of my employees, I put all of the business ahead of myself right now, which is a little dangerous. Even when I was commuting from Boston, I had kind of like that hour that I would listen to podcasts and I would drive and now it's live seven minutes from work. So I'm getting to work that much earlier and staying that much later because I'm not worried about driving. I think for me, it's going to be working on a balance on how to run both things. But right now I'm actually really happy with just spending all of my time there and seeing what it can be. Because I think we're in that point right now where, yeah, we're 95 years, but this is the beginning of a new chapter that we can do different things, especially I have my, everyone at the restaurant calls me an energizer bunny because I don't stop because <laughs> I just want to look at new ideas and look at new ways to do things and then see what we can do from there. So for me, it really is just keep hustling because I, I really want to make sure that not only do we hit a hundred triumphantly, but that we have that next stepping stone by then. Is that, is that a second location? Is that a renovation? Is that looking at a different concept crazy as it sounds it's my life really right now I'm happy with it being the restaurant yeah. and that time that I do have free it is goes back to family yeah. it goes back to family it goes back to friends it goes back to I'm a workout junkie too so that's always that's always <laughs> thrown in there mm. but um at the end of the day it's it's about the business right now and it's about family and making sure that this thing survives for a hundred more years. I mean, your enthusiasm about the restaurant is, uh, it's infectious, you know, it's like hard to 
wrap my head around someone being involved from such a young age, going up their whole life, going into like a more typical, I mean, I, I guess I can understand a more typical job bringing mm-hmm. you back there, but just like a steady nine to five, five days a week. And then you're like, I'm going to come back to this thing I've done forever. Mm-hmm be enthusiastic, have all these ideas and work on it seven days a week and just not want to stop. It's really awesome. I have to, I have to give kudos to the agreement that I had made with my family about going somewhere else before, because I think that was so important to kind of see that worldly perspective, thinking about it as I was in finance. So thinking about like the finance part of things and how does just having a more worldly view. So something that we also did recently is that the house across the street from the restaurant is actually Angelo's original house. And we just turned it into an Airbnb. Hmm. So it's the only single family home on Atwell's, which is amazing because there's no one else that you can really stay. But it was okay taking those business mindsets that I was using. Because coming to the restaurant, I feel like I've been so focused on the food and so focused on, you know, you get lost in the operations of the restaurant for me to step back and kind of look at like it as a a business sometimes is hard because you're so in the weeds about, okay, does this chicken parm, are we using too much mozzarella? Should we use like, like, you know, you you get into that routine of it's, it's so detail oriented that sometimes it's really great. And I'm glad I was in corporate because of this to step back and look at it as, okay, this business, what can we do? That house across the street, let's turn that into an Airbnb that has, we brought it back to its 1927 roots and it complements the restaurant now. And, and what can we do across the street, other in Providence, what can we do in other places? And looking at this as an entity and how to grow it and make it go forward. I'm really glad that I had that other experience than just working at the restaurant because I've, I've, was a bus kid when I was younger. I did waitressing. I was a bar back. Like I did everything. So it was nice to kind of step back and get a different job with a different perspective and then jump back into it and kind of take my lessons from there and incorporate it. That's really cool. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on the show. Thank you yeah. for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, this was awesome. It's awesome. Long time coming. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to You Can Do It, Do It. And thanks again to Leo from Dash Bicycle for being a sponsor this week. If you'd like to learn more about Jamie and what she's up to, you can visit youcandoitdoit.com. We've got the show notes there for this episode, along with all our other episodes and lots of other great stuff there too. So visit youcandoitdoit.com for more. The theme song for this episode, it was written and recorded by Night Swim. It's called Fiji, and you can check it out on iTunes and Spotify and wherever other great music is found. And last but not least, we love doing this show. We love the impact it has on us to be able to sit down with our guests and hear their stories and the impact that it is able to have on Providence by showcasing the amazing things that are happening here. So really appreciate that you listen, that you share the show, and we look forward to doing this and continue to release. So we'll uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Bye.